One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. It's my screen time too. Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms binge content from Nick Jr. as if it were listed in the top 10 of Entertainment Weekly's Fall TV preview. I'm Deborah, And I'm Katie. And I have a seven-year-old named Tony and two four-year-olds named Libby and Nate. And I just have one kid, Jay. He's two. They're adorable, aren't they, Katie? Oh, they are adorable. Um, Have your kids done anything particularly adorable since we last talked? Well, we were in a parking lot, and I don't often lock my car because there's nothing of value in there, but I locked it because we had two giant bags of library books. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I'm going to lock it because we have these library books. And Tony said... Well, if a thief got in there and stole the books, he'd be really disappointed because he'd have to just take them back to the library. <laughs> and it was just like a delightfully innocent moment because a thief doesn't care about library books. Well, last week we went on vacation to visit my parents in the Midwest. And uh, my parents have a pool in their backyard, so we did a lot of swimming. Sorry, the cat is currently. <laughs> oh, she, she decided that she had a problem with the second hand on the clock on the wall. So she's just possibly going to knock a clock on my head. Okay. So we were in Wisconsin. We were doing a lot of swimming. And you know, when kids are this young, it's mostly just getting them comfortable in the water, right? Mm-hmm. So I was holding Jay. We were having fun. He had a little like tea kettle that he was pouring the water out of and scooping water into. And I said, okay, Jay, are you ready? And I was doing a stage whisper. And I said, we are going to go dump this teapot of water over Pa's head. Pa is what he calls his grandpa. Okay, are you ready? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. So he has the full teapot. We're like slowly sidling over to my dad in the pool and I go, okay, Jay, ready? One, two, three. And he dumps the teapot all over my head. Oh, <laughs> he's got a good sense of humor. He does. <laughs> um, so should we just say, have there been any changes to your screen time policy with the uh, run up to the school year? Oof, no. We spent a lot of time in the car on our little road trip so the kids had a lot of car screen time mm-hmm. and we're thinking about changing to maybe screen time only on Fridays oh wow for the school year you look really skeptical we'll see how it goes how about you how about us no really no changes yeah <laughs> I got nothing all right yeah I just feel like the weather is nice my second grader is going to be in school all day, so he's going to need to, like, burn some energy after school. That's true. My four-year-olds are going to a new preschool. I think we can handle it until maybe winter. I will I'll be... let you know, though. I'll yeah. keep you posted. I'm super impressed in advance. All right, should we move on to the main event? Paw Patrol! <laughs> yeah! Yeah. So, I don't know of any parents out there who don't know about Paw Patrol, (laughs) but for listeners who are unfamiliar, Paw Patrol is a 
show on Nick Jr. It premiered in 2013, and it's about a pack of pups, Chase, Marshall, Rocky, Zuma, Rebel, Sky, and their leader, a boy named Ryder, and the Paw Patrol keeps their home called Adventure Bay safe by constantly going on rescue missions, and they really emphasize teamwork. And we watched it on cable. We had to record it. And as usual, it was a shit show on my end. <laughs> predetermined time to make sure we were watching the same episodes and then they weren't quite the same episodes. It's okay. I caught up. We have like 40 <laughs> episodes currently recorded on our television. I've been there. So why did we pick it? Oh, Jay is totally obsessed with Paw Patrol. Uh, so I've watched a million hours. I feel like that's not an exaggeration. So I have a lot of feeling. Yeah, my kids... I mean, my son Tony was born in 2009, so he was like four when it came out. So he knew about it and watched a little bit of it, but um, that was one of the first shows that my twins watched, and they loved it. Loved it. They still love it. Mm -hmm. They've moved on to other things, but we have a lot of Paw Patrol merchandise in our house. Yeah, same. It was actually the theme of Jay's second birthday party. Oh, cute. Yeah, we did a duel because his birthday is right around Bastille Day. So we did a duel Bastille Day Paw Patrol party, which the color scheme totally worked. It was great. <laughs> it's kind of fitting. Do you have a pup pad? No, I didn't even know you... they sold them. We have two pup pads. Whoa. <laughs> and they have an English setting and a French setting. Oh, because the show is Canadian. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think it's just a really ubiquitous show. Everybody yeah. knows about it. Everybody's, you can't avoid the merchandise. It's mm -hmm. everywhere. It's like really prominent in the toddler section, in that toddler apparel section at Target. Yep. And I have to admit, it's been a long time since I've actually sat down and watched a whole episode. So this was, this was a good, good one for me. I, I know Paw Patrol, but it's, it was like it was new so we watched we watched the pilot we watched season one episode one and then we watched a couple of episodes from season two and there have been seemingly a million seasons of this show so if we had had access to all of them at once we would have maybe picked from a more wide-ranging date span but again since we are just recording off of cable we went with what was immediately available mm-hmm um, so you want to just jump into the pilot? Sure. All right. Like most of the kids shows we watch, Paw Patrol is split into two sort of 15 minute segments. So the first one was called Pups and the Kitty Tastrophe. And uh, in this segment, a little kitty is trapped on a toy boat in the bay. So the pups save the kitty but the kitty keeps trying to escape from them, at one point stealing Ryder's hovercraft, at one point escaping on a skateboard, and eventually getting trapped in a bell tower. Marshall, the fire pup, because all six pups have different, like, emergency services <laughs> categories. No, that's not right. <laughs> um, so Marshall, the uh, firefighter pup, gets the kitty down from the bell tower and returns it to its owner. That's about it. It's pretty simple. 
they quickly establish that Ryder is super hardcore because to rescue the kitty, once the kitty steals his hovercraft, he jumps from one moving hovercraft onto another moving hovercraft. So I don't know why Ryder needs six puppies to get his work done. He is an extraordinary child. Because <laughs> he's a boy. He's a boy. He's Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what age would you say? Probably like 11? Yeah, that seems right. All right, but he and it's not a it's not a Doc McStuffins like it's not in his imagination. Yeah, this is reality. He lives alone with six dogs in a <laughs> Space Needle like <laughs> tower, <laughs> and uh, uh, just provides all the protection for an entire town. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> way to go, eleven year old writer. Uh, what did you think of this first episode? I liked it. Um, it kind of introduces each pup. And they're a little bit of their personality. You want to just um, run down who who does what? like? Oh, yeah. I don't even know if I have that straight. This is a, a so, real mommy test. Give it a try. <laughs> okay. I need a cheat sheet. Okay, so Chase is the main one. And he's like German Shepherd. Yeah, he's the police dog. The police dog. Marshall's firefighter. He's a Dalmatian, obviously. <laughs> Rocky, he wears green, right? Yeah, you picked the hardest one. Rocky is like the most indeterminate. He's like the recycling dog. Yeah. Yeah. He also fixes and things. Zuma drives the hovercraft. Mm-hmm, and is like the water and dog. I what kind of dog what kind of breed is Zuma? Uh d- brown. And then Rubble. He's my favorite. He's like a bulldog, mm-hmm. and he's the construction pup. Oh, he's like, tries to be a tough guy, but he's a little emotional. I know. He's such a softie. <laughs> and then, of course, one token female, Sky, and she flies. And she's like, I don't know what breed she is, but she's smaller and more delicate than the other pups. We Because uh... she's... She's the bitch. We went to a Build a Bear kiosk uh, a couple weeks ago, and they only had one Paw Patrol because it was just a small, like little pop up Build a Bear. They only had one Paw Patrol dog, and it was Sky. So now we have a Sky, and uh, you can tell she has fuzzy ears. I think she's maybe a spaniel of some sort, like a cocker okay. spaniel. Okay. All right. So the second segment is Pup Save a Train. And this is a huge jump in peril from the first episode with the kitty on the toy boat. Because in this episode, a train gets trapped by a rock slide on a trestle bridge. And the support for the trestle bridge is breaking. So, you know, people could actually die. So we're introduced to Ryder's friend Katie and her cat Callie, who are on the train. And Rubble and Rocky come to help move the rocks away. And Katie's cat Callie gets stuck on the roof. She eventually falls between two cars. And I just had to mention this because Chase then takes a flying leap onto a moving train to save Callie Mm -hmm. the cat, which is really pretty badass. They're brave. And also... Maybe not so safe all the time. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) So my major question about this episode, as will come up a lot in our discussion, where are the actual emergency services? Why isn't anyone calling the police? That's a good question. Where is Adventure Bay? 
I want to place it like on the west coast of Canada, like British Columbia area. Like maybe it's remote and they just have a pack of dogs. (laughs) (laughs) See, I only recently learned this was a Canadian show, despite the accents. They do have charming Canadian accents. But Mm -hmm. I assumed I was also thinking the the West Coast, but I was thinking like West Coast U.S., like. Washington State or like Northern California um, but definitely similar because you have a lot of different terrains all in one place because you have the mm-hmm. bay which is like sunny and pleasant and then you have mountains which are usually snowy and then there's a jungle which really kind of threw me for a loop but but yeah West Coast seems seems like a good bet but I still don't believe that they wouldn't have like one token police officer sheriff like someone <laughs> Right. Who's the guy who sometimes shows up and he wears like he's dressed in yellow and he wears like big glasses, goggles. Captain can't Turbot? think of his name. The boat Maybe? captain. Yeah. I think he's no, just a so fisherman. He's not a, okay. <laughs> he's just older than everybody else. But they'll take what they can get in Adventure Bay. <laughs> All right. Well, what did you think about this segment? I thought it was okay. It expanded my vocabulary because. Um, Ryder has one of them use his, I think has Rebel use his wench. Winch. 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 <laughs> a wench is to... something you call like a medieval serving woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 to fix the support. So that was good. All right. Should we move on to the next episode? Sure. So we watched season two, episode 19. Save the Mayor's Race and Pups Save an Outlaw. And the Mayor's Race is not a election type race. It's like a sport race, like a multi, like a triathlon. Rowing, running, and swimming are the sports. So Mayor Humdinger, who's kind of an evil guy, he threatens to beat Mayor Goodway, who's the mayor of Adventure Bay. And their names are completely Dickensian, which I like. <laughs> And Mayor Humdinger has a catastrophe crew who are like kiddies who are like evil, bizarre, like bizarro world versions of the pups. Like they have corresponding uniforms. And then they're um, sabotaging Mayor Goodway and Chase's cat allergy helps Ryder figure out who is messing with the race. And so the pups once again save the day. If you had to categorize yourself, would you call yourself a cat person or a dog person? Neither. I don't like pets. Yeah. See, I'm a cat person, and the characterization of cats in the show really, really gets under my skin. Because, of course, the cats are the evil versions of the dogs. Well, and they don't have any, they don't talk. Right? Yes, that is another thing. None of the other animals talk. Not just cats. It's only dogs that talk. It brings us back to the thing we were talking about with Doc McStuffins, where, like, what determines which... Yeah, what's a pet and what's a anthropomorphized animal, right? Why are dogs intelligent enough to speak? Or, you know, fly airplanes or jump onto moving (laughs) trains? I don't know the catastrophe crew like they had no verbal skills but they were they were shady mofos you know what I'm gonna just put something out there about the catastrophe crew 
they probably can talk. They just don't give a fuck about communicating <laughs> with you. <laughs> they just prefer not to. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the second half of the episode, Pup Save an Outlaw, also involves Mayor Humdinger, who is a real jerk of a guy. Yeah. And the pups are out following a treasure map to find treasure and they encounter Mayor Humdinger who's on the same mission only he has fallen on a broken bridge and he's like hanging on for dear life and they save him and then the pups find the loot and then Humdinger steals it right from under their noses and then he opens the treasure chest and it's like long John underwear and so he he rejects it and this show also features Everest, who in season two is a newcomer to the Paw Patrol. And she she's a female, and she is like a husky whose specialty is like a, she rides like a snow machine, I think Sarah Palin would call it, right? Do you think they introduced her on purpose because audience members felt that there weren't enough girl dogs? Yes, because at that same time period, I remember then there were like all new t-shirts in Target with Sky and Everest ah, in the girl section. I see. And my daughter loved Paw Patrol at that time and Chase was her favorite. Mm-hmm. And then she switched allegiances because she saw the merchandise at Target and she thought because she was a girl, she should Aww. like the girl pups best. Oh, Yeah, I know. That's so sad because you're right. There is a ton of, I mean, even now there's a ton of Paw Patrol merchandise. We're more Old Navy shoppers than Target shoppers, but there's still a ton. Uh, but it's all in the boys section. Mm-hmm. It's not really a boy. I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, none of these shows have to be for girls or for boys. Yeah. The uh, well, we'll talk about it later when we get into more general thoughts, but the whole gender yeah. imbalance really bothers my little sister and she talks about it all the time and I wonder if I'm just unfazed by it because I don't have a girl yeah it might be more noticeable if you're shopping for like girl clothes and yeah yeah, it's more stark on that side of target (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the last episode we watched was also from season two episode 26 it was called Pups Bark with Dinosaurs. Pups Bark with Dinosaurs. And it was a half hour episode, so it wasn't divided into two blocks, which is something they do sometimes. The Paw Patrol world expands in so so many directions after this point, but we'll just deal with this one. So it's a half hour episode. The pups accompany Captain Turbot on a dinosaur dig, because why not? And... Rebel falls asleep after the dinosaur dig and dreams that dinosaurs are running wild in Adventure Bay. And the pups need to lure them to the jungle, the nearby jungle, where they'll be safe. And then Rebel wakes up to realize it's all a dream. Rebel. (laughs) He's such an adorable pup. He is pretty cute. (laughs) And he like rides a baby dinosaur. He does. He rides a little triceratops. It was very adorable. This is also our introduction to RoboDog, who is a robot dog who drives a huge bus that the whole Paw Patrol rides in? Question mark? (laughs) Yeah. Was that part of the dream? Or no? Is that... No, RoboDog is a thing in future episodes. 
Because and oh, Robodog was driving the bus to the dinosaur dig. So before Rubble fell asleep. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Um. Also introduced me to a breed of dinosaur breed d- species of dinosaur. Yes. A species, I think. Mm. Okay. No. Let's just say introduced me to a dinosaur that I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> a Utah raptor. Is that like a big thing? A Utah raptor is, it's like triceratops, pterodactyl, and Utah raptor. Instead of using like one of the large meat-eating dinosaurs that old people like me would know, like a Tyrannosaurus rex or an Allosaurus, they used a Utah raptor. And I wonder, like, is this like a new dinosaur that everyone's talking about? I have not heard of it outside of Paw Patrol. Did you know that Brontosaurus is not even a real thing? I heard that it came back. What? I actually read a whole book about it, and I'm ashamed that I don't remember very much. But it was called My Beloved Brontosaurus. And I'm sorry I don't have the author's name in front of me because it was a good book. Um, And it was all about... Because he must have been around our age. How he grew up loving dinosaurs and how sort of crushing it was and as an adult to have like this cuz the brontosaurus was like the A team of dinosaurs when we were growing up right like, it right. was one of the four that you knew for sure right um, and to all of a sudden be told that no it doesn't exist was really disappointing but i think the book came back around and said that they reevaluated and no the brontosaurus is still a distinct species from I guess the apatosaurus is what they were saying right oh interesting but I could be wrong that's just my memory of this book maybe I only told myself that coda bit to make myself feel better (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I just wanted to check on the Utah raptor because I had never heard of it before I assume it was found in Utah that is a big dinosaur state um what did you have any thoughts on this episode I liked it. I admit I watched it distractedly Mm because I was watching it with my kids who are disruptive (laughs) and they interrupt during your stories back. Yeah. Running back and forth between the TV and the kitchen to try to get some dinner prep done. So I was trying to do it during the commercial breaks, but I missed some of the show. Speaking of, mm-hmm. do you want to talk about the commercials a little bit? Sure. I mean, I fast forwarded through a lot of them, but yeah. Because we don't usually watch shows that have a lot of ads because we're streaming them. Mm-hmm. And so this was a show that there are, a, if you watch it just on cable, there are a lot of ads. Mm-hmm. A lot of ads. And they're like, my kids love watching the toy ads because they. I mean, they're marketed to kids, yeah. so they're enjoyable for them to watch. And then they want all the stuff. And a lot of it is stuff that I've never seen in a store. I don't know where you can even buy, like, the Peppy Pets or whatever (laughs) they're called. And then it's, like, car commercials and then hair product commercials, I assume, for the moms. I guess, yeah. The ones that stood out to me were the uh, Milton Bradley game commercials, because Mm. I don't don't really think about what is new in the world of super simple kids games, because Mr. Bucket. Yeah, like Mr. Bucket. (laughs) There was one today with like a shark 
So like you fish, you grab fish out of the shark's mouth and then like the shark randomly closes its jaws and I assume that means you lose. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Bucket, like they make that look fun, but you know it probably just comes with like four balls that your kids are going to lose mm-hmm. and like the spoon to scoop them up is going to break. Deborah, let me tell you what else seemed fun. Mouse trap. <laughs> Do you remember oh, that was a terrible trap? game. It was awful. Yeah, it was a terrible game. So that is not new. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is weird to watch the te- the commercials. Although Jay definitely, when I'm watching things with him, says, "Mom, fast forward." Mommy, fast forward. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So I don't have to sit through too many. Thank goodness. Have you ever been forced to buy something from one of the commercials? Ooh, a long time ago, um, there was a commercial for, uh, what was it called? It was like this bubble, like magic bubbles. And it was like a bubble solution and then these magic gloves. So you blew a bubble and then these gloves were like, you could handle the bubble and it wouldn't pop. And they're really just, like the kind of cheap, really cheap, thin, like acrylic mittens that you can get like at the grocery store during wintertime. Mm-hmm. At least you can in Minnesota. I used to live in the um, Midwest, I remember. Yeah. And they don't keep your hands warm or anything. So I think you could get any pair of those kind of mitt- gloves and it would work, mm-hmm. but it didn't really work. Aww. Just like, because we saw it at like Walgreens and Tony had seen a commercial for it and talked me into buying it for him. And it was kind of a lesson in consumer culture and the disappointment of how advertisement makes things look much better than they are. So has he become better about asking for stuff? He still asks for stuff, but he has reasonable expectations. That's smart. He's a smart kid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk for a second again about the tech? Because the tech in this show is crazy. Like we said, Ryder lives in this like space needle like tower and has like a whole command center with like screens where he can see anything in Adventure Bay. And when the pups are needed, they, like, slide down this crazy slide into dog houses that morph into vehicles. And they also run around with voice-activated backpacks on their back that they just, like, bark and say a word and, like, shovels pop out or wrenches. Where is this coming from? Is it Ryder? Like, is he an eccentric billionaire who's just buying all this tech for the dogs? Or, or... Is this funded by the city because they're not paying for a police department, so they're using all their funds for Ryder and the dogs? That's a good question. I think we got to call in a Mayor Goodway <laughs> and ask to see a copy of her budget. I Are they, are they, but then it seems like they just get let out at the end of the day and they get like playtime. So I think they're like a volunteer, maybe they're like volunteer firefighters in a small town and like they work for free, but then at the end they get a nice pension. 
okay, I can follow you there. But then what is Mayor Goodway doing with the city's money? I don't know. It didn't happen so much in the three episodes we watched, but they're constantly having bizarro festivals and parties in Adventure Bay. So is she just spending Mm -hmm. all the city money on these weirdo parties instead of a responsible police force and or firefighters? It seems like it. Oh, my goodness. She deserves to be impeached. (laughs) <laughs> impeach mayor good way <laughs> but, but you wouldn't have humdinger well isn't humdinger already mayor of foggy bottom of an, yeah so i don't know captain turbot i just assumed that the chicken mayor mayor good way is always uh accompanied by her pet chicken chicoletta i just assumed chicoletta was her deputy mayor <laughs> i think that's true <laughs> Yeah, it's very Inspector Gadget. Remember that show? Like yeah. The, the things that they wear. But wasn't Inspector Gadget like employed by a spy agency? Like it was clear they were paying for his bizarro gadget arms, right? Mm-hmm. Who is behind who's the shady cabal that's behind Ryder's funds? <laughs> <laughs> Good questions that we will never find out the answer to. Maybe we have to just watch the whole all the episodes I practically have Deborah I've watched so many <laughs> did you think of any uh, adult movie or TV show that this compares to I thought sort of um, I thought of a couple okay real quick note Chicoletta is like the same character as Hey Hey in Moana the dumb chicken in Moana agreed I thought poor, of that too. poor chickens <laughs> Really get typecast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the same actor, just wearing a different costume. <laughs> um, so I thought it reminded me of The Fast and the Furious a little bit. Okay. Because it's like an action show. There's like a bunch of dudes, one hot lady, <laughs> doing a lot of crazy special effects type of stuff. And they're ultimately working for good instead of evil, right? I like that. I like that a lot. I was trying to come up with crime fighting shows where the crime fighters were amateurs. And that's a good one. I also thought of Big Little Lies on HBO because it's like an ensemble cast. I still they work together. It. I won't spoil anything, but Reese Witherspoon's character is totally chase. <laughs> totally chase. Wait, wait, does she leap onto a moving train? No, Aww. but she she runs the show pretty much, I think. <laughs> um, and can we just, this is, this is unrelated, but did you ever watch Wilfred? Yes, I watched the entire run of Wilfred. Have we w- talked about that before? No. The only thing it has in common with Paw Patrol is that there's a dog in it. <laughs> yeah. And it's... It's rather far-fetched, <laughs> but that, that was just, that was a great moment in television, I think. Yeah. The first season was excellent, I thought. It yeah, kind of went hilarious. off the rails, but I still regularly <laughs> laughed at it till the end. <laughs> <laughs> so that I can, was hilarious. I can tell that your mind was going in the same direction that mine was when I went to try and cast the gritty HBO reboot. So I was only thinking of people that have appeared elsewhere in dog costumes. 
obviously my mind went to the dear departed John Candy as the Mog in Spaceballs. Oh, good one. Yeah. Good so one. obviously really in the gritty HBO reboot, he would be rubble 100%. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I would like to watch a gritty reboot. HBO reboot of Paw Patrol where it's like a bunch of like gutter punks. So I don't have any casting in mind because these characters would be all younger than Mm -hmm. actors I really know, I think. But you know, the people who like ride the rails and like bag at the side of the highway and like they're kind of crusty and they're more like homeless by choice than homeless by like tragic mental illness or something. So modern I would day watch or historical? Modern day. Okay. So I would watch an HBO show like that where it's like a motley crew of people and they each have their own specialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, then they go on missions to save their hometown and they're like squatting in a tent city on the border. And the mayor's just like, really here's ha- some dog treats at the end, and that's their only reward. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Would you ever watch Paw Patrol voluntarily on your own? No. Let need. me phrase it differently. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself, like, you know how sometimes you, after the kids go to bed, you turn on the TV and it's on like Nick Jr. and you leave it on and you're just so tired that you don't realize that you're watching like a kid's show? Has that ever happened to you? Because I feel like you're tuned into Paw Patrol. Like, that's probably your your main channel. You're right. It is. I think uh, somewhat fortuitously, Jay did not discover Paw Patrol until he was sleeping through the night. And I don't have a second kid yet. So, like, for the period of time that he's been watching Paw Patrol, I haven't been that tired. How about you? I would probably not watch Paw Patrol, but on my own. But I would get excited for new episodes after you've seen them a bunch. That's true. That's true. I do. That's exciting. I do that. I do do that. (laughs) Should we do 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids? Sure. I think it's good. It's harmless. The plots are like exaggerated and fantastical but it's kind of a I like I admire the creativity of whoever writes for Paw Patrol mm-hmm. um and it's like an emphasis on like safety hard work working together so I like it I think it's good I'd recommend it yeah I mean obviously I'm okay with Jay watching it but it is very mm-hmm. much like a straight up adventure story it's not really trying to impart I mean we've watched shows that have been very explicitly trying to teach things and this is not one of those shows um but I still think it's a lot of fun and one of the less painful children's shows to uh have to watch in great quantity (laughs) Mm -hmm. um shall we rate sure you go first all right I'm gonna give it a three because we've seen much worse and I think the only reason I'm not rating it higher is because I'm personally quite sick of it and I can't separate myself from those feelings (laughs) wow I would give it a four I I haven't 
I'm not, I haven't exhaust, like, I'm not exhausted by it though. I, <laughs> I don't usually watch it. <laughs> oh yeah. There's just so much weirdness. I'm glad I got a chance to get out all of my feelings about Mayor Goodway and how she's secretly evil. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We really love hearing from you guys. It makes our day. And you can also tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at at my screen time 2 Or if you'd prefer, you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. You can also check out our Facebook page and have a conversation with us there at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. You know what? I feel like other podcasts always give credit for their theme songs that we never have before. But our theme song was written and produced by my esteemed co-host, Deborah, and her darling children. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Um, you. (laughs) You should get credit where credit's due. So tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye.